Hello, everyone. Welcome to the September Ad Heart Call, Inspiring Forward Movement and Heart-Powered Intention. This is Deborah Rosman, your host. And our theme this month is, to me, a really important theme as we shift into the school year. It's called Ad Heart to Children and Families Returning to School. And as we all, excuse me, as we all know, right now, this is a very challenging time for everyone with all the unexpected changes, but it has a unique type of challenge for parents and children and teachers with the COVID-19 pandemic. And many children are homeschooled or hybrid schooling, part at home, part in the classroom, or in the classroom with parents worried about whether they are going to catch COVID all sorts of combinations are creating tremendous anxiety for children and parents alike. And this is after the typical summer activities a lot of children look forward to, a real summer vacation, and they weren't able to do it because of the pandemic. And I just heard that Halloween's being canceled, so that's got to be a challenge for kids too. So as this whole time period is occurring, school reopening, it's really an important time for us to add heart to help lift some of the anxiety, depression, and give more heart support to our families. And I've invited to be our guest this month, Dr. Jarena Elbers. She's a pediatric neurologist and formerly at Stanford's Lucille Packard Children's Hospital, but she's now part of the HeartMath Institute, uh, director of the Trauma Recovery Project, and helping develop a program, even though she's worked for all ages, even though she's worked a lot with mostly children. But Trina's also the mother of two beautiful young boys who I think are wonderful kids, but she's, like all other parents, are really having to deal with homeschooling, virtual learning, juggling work, and kids. And so I invited her to be our guest to share how she's doing and how she's moving through it with adding heart. So welcome, Jarena. Great. Well, thanks, Debbie, and thanks for uh, for having me and inviting me to share on this really important topic. Yeah, well, you, you're connected to a lot of other parents. I know uh, you have them like a parent pod in your area, which is very creative. And a lot of children that I read about, but you experience directly more so than I, are especially sensitive to what their parents or caregivers are feeling or saying about what's going on in the world and whether it's politics or fires as we have in California or the pandemic. All this adds up to, I would think, a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety and uncertainty in kids along with the changes they have to make in their own routines. Can you talk about what you're seeing, and as both a doctor, what you see going on, and as a parent, what you see, and how you how how to handle it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I've been uh, I've been experiencing it myself, um, trying to manage my own work and and what to do with my children, and and as far as school goes, you know, whether to keep them in school or homeschool and distance learning, what that looks like. Um, And then also talking to a lot of of other parents. And I think, you know, overall, there's just, there's a lot of anxiety. Um, I have some friends who are teachers as well. 
And there's a lot of anxiety just in, you know, going to school if you're in person. You know, people are afraid of getting COVID, spreading COVID. Um, and if you're off, you know, if you're online, there's hours, you know, in, in some states or areas, mandates of three to four hours of online schooling, um, which is not, you know, it's a difficult thing for kids to be doing, sitting in front of a computer screen for an hour at a time or even in two hours at a time. And we know from research that adult, adult learners have an attention span of, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 minutes maximum. And that's not really being taken into account for a lot of, a lot of these classes. Um, and so there's a lot to be concerned about. Um, and I think one of the biggest traps for me as a parent and talking to other parents is sort of feeding into this vortex of um, worry, worry and anxiety. And it's almost like there's so many things to worry about and there's so many things to complain about and to talk about. And we, I notice we can get into this sort of frenzy of worry and feeding each other and I notice I start to get more amped up and I it you know makes me more worried and I think one of the things that we can do using our heart math tools is really recognizing that that feeding um, fuels this anxiety in the collective and in the in the field environment around us and that not to say that we can't talk to our friends about what we're worried about, but that there's a balance and that if we can balance the worry and anxiety with sending hearts and sending care to the situation and taking those moments of heart meditation or heart lock-in or whatever our practice is, to send heart to the situation, not just sending anxiety and worry to it. And I've been trying to do that more and more. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you know, I I hear you, and it can be hard because it can feel so justified and obvious or just standard or legal to be, we used to say around the work water cooler, complaining about the work situations or life or your spouse, but now... It seems even more justified or legal to complain about what's going on in society with your kids and, you know, who are very close and near and dear to your heart and your family and all the routine disruptions. But it's still, the body doesn't discriminate between whether a stress and feeding each other's anxiety and worries are justified or not. It still processes all those stress hormones and it actually inhibits the immune system that we're trying to strengthen for the pandemic and it's so important for people to realize that we can keep adding to that downward spiral and it also creates cortical inhibition where you just can't see a way through and then sleep problems and it adds to itself and we're i'm so concerned that we're we're feeding that we're doing that unconsciously and we don't mean to but to our children and when I look at the statistics that I just saw the other day that 40% of Americans who responded to a uh, either have 
a true anxiety disorder, according to their symptoms, or depression disorder. And the number of children who have that now is really yeah. scary. And it doesn't have yeah. to be that way. We can learn and use tools to shift and realign heart, brain, emotions, so that we can make peace with what we can't change for the moment, because we can't change it, and maybe get some new heart's intuitive guidance for what would be best to approach it, what would be best to do for ourselves and our kids, for our inner balance, inner security and health. And it's so important that we actually put a pause, a break on the downward spiral and begin to do things ourselves and help others as well because we want an upward spiral of all of this because the external conditions may not change for a while. That's right. That's right. Well, and as, as you mentioned, one of the really important reasons to sort of curb our anxiety is that our children are picking it up. You know, children are very perceptive. Um, both their little ears hear a lot more than we, than we think or we'd like yeah. them to. Um, but energetically, they're picking up, you know, parental anxiety or they're picking up in our body language or they're picking it up in our voice or phone calls. And, you know, that adds to their own anxiety. And as you mentioned, you know, children are under massive amounts of pressure and stress right now. Um, with their, you know, just going back to school, you know, the typical transition can be difficult, but now, of course, so many challenges and uncertainty and fear wearing masks and being six feet away from people and not being able to touch people and, and having their teacher behind plexiglass or, you know, sitting um, in front of a screen for, for three to four hours a day. And, and they don't have the co-regulation from their teacher or from their, you know, their peers in the classroom. So our kids, you know, we, I think it, it, it's important for us to recognize that our children are under this amount of stress. And, you know, sometimes they won't tell us. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we'll see it in other ways. And sometimes their sleep gets disruptive. That, that, that's a really common thing. They have trouble falling asleep at night or they're waking up at night, um, they can start to have headaches or stomach aches. Um, they can, you know, have digestive problems. Things are moving too slow or things are moving too fast. And, you know, you mentioned cortical inhibition, which, of course, is one of the things that happens when we're stressed. And that kind of turns off our learning centers, our ability to pay attention, you know, <laughs> let alone for, for one hour. But when we're stressed, that ability to pay attention and learn is is also impaired. So I think that one of the things as a parent, you know, that really started back when COVID, you know, came out in March and we were all in shelter in place and trying to teach and trying to work and and the kids were stressed and I was stressed. And I think the biggest thing for me was really practicing a lot of compassion. And one of the things that I've sort of noticed as we've moved into this new school year and thinking about what we want kids to learn and, and, and we want kids to be responsible for their schoolwork and be responsible for their homework and be responsible for, for showing up and that we're teaching them this. But the other side of that coin that we can really teach them is compassion 
when things aren't going well. And I think we're always hardest on ourselves. And I think, you know, children, we can teach them through our own compassion to them, that we can teach them to be compassionate towards themselves when they're having a hard time rather than, you know, forcing or or saying they have to do it or, you know, getting upset that they can't do it, really driving towards compassion that, man, this is so hard. This is so hard for you right now, and I'm so sorry. And why don't we take a break? And, you know, I talk about the learning switch with my sons. And, you know, when they're overwhelmed or stressed, I say, wow, you know, I can see that, that you're, 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 really, you're really upset. And, you know, when you're upset, your learning switch is off. And so let's go and take a break. Let's go and go for a walk or listen to some music or play a game or just take a bit of a break because we know how it impairs the ability to learn. And I think that compassionate piece is something that we can, we can put forth for our children um, that will help them as they navigate yeah, this I, next set of challenges. It's so, impo- so important. One of the things is I was teaching children, you know, which I did many years ago, um, and in some of our early programs in education, is the shift to the heart. I mean, compassion, even for kids, can be conceptual. Yeah, okay, that's nice. But the feeling of it is what really shifts the immune and hormonal system and opens up the higher intuitive and cognitive. To have it sincere. And the shift to the heart during the day and as parents or teachers model that, I can remember several teachers who took heart math programs say that when they went in the classroom and the kids were going wild and they kept trying to calm them down, and when they would actually shift focus to their heart, do heart-focused breathing for a while, and just activate compassion or, if, or appreciation for, their ch- for the kids, the whole atmosphere and the energetic field environment in the classroom would start to settle. And that's what happens in our bodies and in our kitchens and in our bedrooms if we actually, as parents or caregivers, can actually make that shift of the heart and remember to do that. I have a friend who has little post-it notes all over her (laughs) kitchen and her bathroom saying, just breathe these, you know, be soft, Radiate love and compassion. And it's like fun little treasure reminders throughout the day because it's yeah. so easy to get lost in your mind about the next thing you have to do. And it helps the shift to the heart. So as we model that, the children start to understand what that means. And they're actually regulating them, having more ease, turning on their ease, their ease button, you know, and being yeah. able to actually feel differently which then sparks creativity and deeper communication and this what we really treasure and value which to me is key for finding the balance in these times for adults or kids mm-hmm. and it's also key for saying what are the priorities really you know, I like something you shared with me as we're preparing for this call how important it is for caregivers, parents to evaluate your priorities for yourself, yeah. your child, and your family, and to do that from the heart, from you know, balance sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and you know, I didn't tell her about this call or what I was doing, but she said, you know, 
I just want my kid to be a good person. And I don't care if he does well at school right now. He's so stressed about doing well at school. And I don't care about that. I just want him to be a good person. And I'm hearing this over and over that, you know, I think we've sort of swung too far towards doing well at school being the priority. And and perhaps this is one of the things that is going to come out of this is that, doing well is going to be exceedingly difficult and, and it's going to look differently in, in this new way of, of teaching and, and assessing. And that is that really the goal here? And maybe being a good person or, or loving yourself or being happy, that those are our goals that we can focus on at, you know, for this year that, you know, we're going to, it's going to look different. Than, than focusing on, on school and getting the good grades. I totally agree. I, you know, it could be a gift in disguise because there was yeah. so much, and there still is to too much degree, pressure on study, achieve. It's all brain development, mind development, which is important. But the competition and the stress and the, that goes with that yeah. is cuts off the heart. And maybe the value is what do we what kind of human being do you want to be and what you want your children to grow up to be and if children can grow up to be balanced happy you know genuinely heart connected with each other you know like you call a good person or somebody who really is is becoming more who they really are as a as a person as a human being they can pick up math and reading and all of that very very quickly it's not going to be the end of the day, but if they don't learn those basic skills of the heart and of the care and compassion and kindness for each other and how to have resilience and how, all the real deep core values parents want for their children to be happy and healthy and a good person, if they don't do that, then the other doesn't have a whole lot of meaning with how much things are changing, even in the workplace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's critical, and as you said, you know, we we've seen some gifts coming out of COVID, and people spending more time with their families, and people, you know, working from home, which you know allows them to have more balance potentially. Not to, I mean, there are so many challenges, but there there are gifts in it, and perhaps this is the gift in how we look at you know, how we prioritize school and grades and, and all of that because that's really going to fall to the wayside this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So what are the things, some of the things you do to create that balance in your family um, with the children and what tools do you teach them to stay in their heart or get back to their heart? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I think we use it a lot in our family. Um, you know, both my husband and I do a lot of our own heart practice, and we do heart meditations in the morning, and we do it together in the evening. Um, and throughout the day, I'm just trying to do heart-focused breathing. You know, whenever I'm noticing that I'm starting to get that, you know, worried feeling, that anxiety, or even if I'm just doing the dishes or sitting at a stoplight, um, so I think just building that resilience over time um, in a conscious way. 
Um, I think noticing things. I'm just trying to notice more when I'm upset, when my kids are upset, and trying to build in that awareness of, okay, let's just get some space here in in how we're reacting and wanting to respond um, more even-headed, you know, bringing in that heart-focused breathing again to provide a space so I can respond differently and not react. Um, and then really talking to our kids. We talk to our kids a, a lot about um, talking to their hearts and and listening to their hearts and getting information. My, my son worries a lot. And one of the things that's happened as a result of COVID is separation anxiety. And he's worried something's going to happen to me. And he worries every time I step out the door. Um, Mom, are you going to, are you going to die? Mom, are you going to come back? And, you know, it's one thing for me to say, yes, of course I'm coming back, right? And Mm -hmm. sometimes he just needs me to, to hear me say that. But I say, honey, ask your heart. Let's take a moment, slow your breathing down. And I want you to ask your heart that question, am I going to come back? Because the worry isn't going to go away just because I tell you to. The worry has to go away from, from inside yourself. And, and you know, my son, when he started listening to his heart, he was eight. And you don't have to be, you know, an adult for that. I think it's actually a whole lot easier when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. yeah. And, and, yeah. And, um, you know, we do ducky breathing with my other son. He puts his little ducky on him. He has, a, a, you know, his favorite toy. And so when he's having a hard time falling asleep, he'll put that on his chest and we'll just do some breathing and watch the ducky rise and fall. So, we, you know, we, we can be creative in that way too. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure many grandparents, parents, teachers listening to this call will have a lot of resonance with that and maybe spark or inspire some of ideas. It, it's something we need to pay attention to and not just, I hear it too often, we'll ride through it with all the anxiety and stress and it'll go away, meaning we'll figure mm-hmm. a vaccine and then things will be back to normal. It might not be back to normal in the way we think. You know, it may well be that life is trying to help us find and connect with the real deeper core values of the heart connecting more with each other in the heart, connecting with friends and, you know, planning together. I love the pod you're doing with a couple other families with children, mm-hmm. you know, camping together as you did and you going to, you know, their, their uh, pod school together. But that takes yeah. a lot of heart connection, a lot of sense of extended family. And I, 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 to me, the world, that's going to make the world a better place if we really are proactive and step into and listen to our heart's guidance and act on that. There's the opportunity of these challenging times to create a new a new life, a new world, but we're the ones who have to do it. Absolutely. Well, and, and one last point is that we're social beings. You know, we're, we're yeah. wired that way. And the isolation that this has created has been one of the things that have added to the stress. And so if... if Families have not potted up or, you know, I really encourage families to find one or two families with kids the same age that you can see on a regular basis and have, you know, instead of a family of four, maybe you have a family of eight. And you Mm -hmm. see those people when even when COVID starts to get bad, that that's your family. 
and really to keep that social connection alive. Very wise. Well, I hope for all of you listening to this, um, it's evoked more compassion. If you don't have children or aren't connected to any uh, at this time in your life or parents, and for those parents and children and teachers that you are connected to, uh, how important it is to add a little more extra latitude and care and understanding because it's, it's a new way of living. It's a new, new situations that they're having to address. So we're going to do that in our heart meditation. We're going to close today with a heart-focused meditation on compassion and compassionate care uh, from our higher, higher vibration, higher self, to the children, families, teachers, going through this return to school phase with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown. So let's do this together. Let's start by focusing our attention in the heart. Pretend like your breath is flowing in and out of the heart or chest area. Breathing a little more slowly, a little more deeply than usual. Now, as you continue heart-focused breathing, breathe in feelings of compassion for yourself or any areas of challenge you're going through. And as you breathe out, just breathe out compassionate care to warm the heart and radiate that through your cells. So let's do that for a moment. And now let's radiate that compassionate care out to all the parents, children, teachers struggling at this time with these changes going on due to the pandemic and just the other stressors that parents may be stressing about that children pick up on. Let's radiate that compassionate care into the energetic field environment of parents, children, teachers.
let's radiate our collective intention, our heart-powered intention to see parents and children, teachers reaching out to each other, having more heart-based connections, realizing that's what nurtures and supports during these times. Let's see that happening. Now just ask your own heart for guidance, intuitive guidance. Is there anything you can do to facilitate the children, the teachers, the parents that may be in your life? Any tools, any extra heart care you can reach out and express, kindnesses, that could help lift and create more ease for them. by appreciating each other on this call or listening to the call later and know that we're creating as we do this heart meditation a reservoir of compassionate heart energy that continues to radiate and we can each draw upon this to help energize our own heart connections and act on what our heart's guidance is telling us and help make a difference a real difference to children, parents, grandparents, families that we may interact with over this next month or who connect in their heart and connect in the field of heart energy that so many are sending throughout the world to help in this transition time. So let's close by doing that for a minute or two. See a reservoir of compassionate heart energy to draw upon.
Okay, thank you so much for participating in today's call with Jarena and myself. You know, HeartMath Institute has a lot of free resources and for parents, children, teachers. If you go to heartmath.org and click on Children or Education, there's many things, simple tools for children of different ages to help them connect with the power and intelligence and ease of their own heart. So I want to thank you, Jarena, for joining us in this call today. Um, sure, it was very, very meaningful. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. I, I really, uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Well, everyone, next Ad Heart call will be Tuesday, October 20th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, have a heartfelt month, compassionate month, and we will connect again then. Take care.